to another week of the my name is Chase. As always, I'm joined by my name is Gwenzo. It's a Sunday, another good day to be alive. We've been gone for, for quite some time, owing to quite a number of reasons, some academic, some technological, some personal, but what matters most is that we're here. We hope everyone is doing well, everyone is doing good. We we do apologize for the, you know, unmentioned and unapologized for as of yet hiatus. But nonetheless, we're here and we are ready to, to get going. There's quite a, a lot of things happening from South Africa to abroad. So we have quite a lot to, to draw on today. Yeah, 100%, man. It's, you know, what I find most fascinating is, you know, we may have taken a break, but the world doesn't take a break. Exactly. <laughs> so it, it's very fascinating in that in that regard. Um, and in this in this uh i feel like in the moment in the space that we haven't uh been podcasting is there's almost been like this you know we were very uncomfortable coming into this week about whether or not we want to speak about certain topics because you know cancel culture in a sense and i think that we've come up to the conclusion that we're going to speak the facts and any of facts, right? I mean, we're going to stay to stick true to our mandate. So, yeah. if you're listening to this and you're upset about it, then engage in debate with us and tell us where we're wrong and not. But we, we're going to go with, solely with the facts. We're not going to express opinions. Um, each side is a story, right? So, if A is aggrieved with B, then this B might be aggrieved with A. And then both are messed up, you know? So it's it's we're not choosing sides, and as always, the views expressed in this podcast <laughs> express our opinions, and not anyone that we're affiliated with our organizations, whatever jobs. It's solely our opinions. It's yeah. is that. Yeah, and I think today, up more than another day, it might possibly be key to just state the the source you're you're drawing from so that people can also go back and have a look at that source before they think about cancelling you. Yeah, exactly, exactly, man. Um, So, I don't know. So, what we can do is, obviously, it remains the whole Israel-Palestine conflict going on. And I thought maybe we could just shed some light and give some education to that. Not that Obviously, this we are in South Africa, and um, you know um, we may not have a, like a vested interest in it, but we do know a little bit about it. Right? We do know our bread and butter is security studies, political violence, and so forth and so forth. Right? Um, yeah. So we thought, you know, everybody's got a opinion on Twitter and Instagram and so forth with this hashtag free. Israel hashtag free Palestine, and we thought we'd just bring some light to it. You know, it's it's not as simple as saying this is our, their territory, this is our territory, right? This has yeah. been going on for a century now. Right? A very long time, yeah, yeah. Exactly, um, it's got to do with colonialism and splitting up of territories that stem mm. back from the 1940s around World War One, World yeah. War Two. So this is not just as simple as giving. Palestinians, the territory back and so forth and so forth, you know. Yeah. Israel yeah. has been in a state of conflict since since its inception, since its independence. So 
you know, they've obviously had to deal with a lot of the Middle Eastern states that have attacked them, you know, Egypt attacked them during the Six-Day War and so forth and so forth. And I'm not, I'm not defending Israel's actions on this. Uh, you know, both sides have played a part. Israel has attacked Palestine and so forth and occupied some of their territories. And Hamas and these various other radical groups have attacked Israel. So obviously, they, they you know, there's a security dilemma. Nobody really wants to step down and, and um, kind of give away the territory or their independence, you know. If one person puts a foot backwards, then they're going to be seen as weak by all the other um, regional actors. And obviously that could lead to domino effect where they are pushed uh, back by other radical groups, you know. Nobody wants to uh, regress, you know. Um, mm. and, and, you know, sadly, that kind of mindset, you know, it's very pessimistic, but it's the reality. This isn't going to be a quick fix, you know. Yeah. Palestine wants what they want, and Israel wants what they want. Yeah, and, and I think in part that's that's the problem, that no one is willing to go back down, and it's disputed lands, and I think everyone will know it off that. So, man, many people have died already. We've seen the reports. You know, many buildings have been damaged. And it's it's quite sad that this happened during you know the month of Ramadan because some people mm. have been fasting and it's quite a holy month for most people. So to have this happen in that in that kind of period is quite sad. But you know, there's as you've said, there's a history to this whole thing, and I think the only way to kind of address this problem is to go back and have a look at the facts and and see what the facts say, and then try find then you know a reasonable outcome a reasonable measure to resolve this based on facts and speaking about the history of you know the israeli palestinian war or disputes whatever you may choose to call it there's actually a video on on youtube by vox we're going to show you this on our instagram and twitter pages as well you can actually have a look at that and i for me i'm not sure about you chase but for me it does present quite a clear and you know and well-presented well understanding of what's happening between Israel and Palestine. So I think I don't want to go too much into that because, you know, it's 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 quicksand, you know, it's undefined territory. But mm. I would suggest that most people have a look at that because, as I said, it presents quite a clear understanding of why we are where we are in terms of Israel and Palestine. Exactly. And... The, the I think one part that gets glossed over a lot, religion plays a big role in this, you know. If you look at Jerusalem, it's the, I'd say it's the birthplace and one of the most sacred places for both Judaism, Christianity and Islam. So it's almost like, you know, it's like a boiling pot. Jerusalem is a, a boiling pot of um, religion. And ultimately, this is what we see playing out. So, you know, it's just, I think that there needs to be a couple, there needs to be a consensus, you know. War is war, that is correct. But, you know, under the UN Charter, you know, you're not allowed to maim or harm civilians. And ultimately, this is what we're seeing. Yeah. Uh, 
and by that both nations have broken the law you know mm. they say always oh, not play in gray but i mean if you're shooting into a suburb if a mass is shooting into a suburb in israel or israel is shooting into a suburb in palestine you're going to kill civilians and that is ultimately a war crime um, i saw that Turco has been urging um, the ICC to investigate war crimes into this, as well as war crimes by the Palestinians. And I think it's quite fitting, but you know, the ICC only um, investigates soft targets. So I, I don't know how you do that. Yeah, that's another topic for another day, the whole ICC debacle. Exactly, exactly. So. It's very fascinating. Um, I think that the way forward is through diplomacy. I genuinely think, and I think there needs to be gains. The sad problem is this is bad land, and ultimately there's no yeah. more land to keep. There's no more land to divide up on Earth. No. Like it's finite. You know, like the there is no countries, new countries being born, and so forth. Mm. No state wants to lose control of their sovereign territory. So, I mean, a simple solution would have been to give more land to Palestine and something like that, or give yeah. more land to Israel, and then, you know, the LP alone, but there is no more land, so, to divide up. Um, yeah. yeah, so. Yeah, but I think, most importantly, probably in this case, is to try and go back, and as I've said, you know, have a look at, at the historical facts surrounding mm. the lands, and then, try to then find not just a ceasefire but try to find a a, a long lasting solution you know not just a, some piece of cord that'll hold for about five to ten years and then again same problem as people are going to settle down and stuff like that so yeah it, okay. it's quite it's quite a tricky thing to work around to be honest with you no 100 percent understand um and the, the sad problem is you know this is playing in backdrop of COVID-19. So they are very states, they are very few states willing to get engaged in this, especially because they're dealing with their own issues on a public front. Um, and I think the protest movement is quite interesting, it's bringing light to it, but I think our, our chatting of us chatting about Israel and Palestine serves to educate some of the people that don't know. No, this is not just a hashtag. This is not as simple as letting somebody out of jail or something. It's it's not a simple hashtag, you know. It needs to be educated. You need to understand where both parties are coming from. And then you can see the broader picture. Right? Yeah. You can, you can see, oh, both parties need to be held to account. Yeah. Both parties need to be... Uh, told this is this is not right this is not wrong and then we can move forward because you can't just say israel must free palestine you also need to pressure Hamas to stop attacking israel otherwise israel won't stop attacking you know it's twofold you know yeah uh, it's a two-way street it's a two-way street but yeah i think that's that's my thoughts and opinions and that's about as much as i want to share on this podcast but um yeah man yeah, the list said, I think in this case, because, you know, no one can seem to agree on what's right and, and what's wrong, the better. Mm-hmm. But for the most part, I think just to kind of sum up where we stand, it's the fact that, you know, all parties, both sides, Israel and Palestine, 
have a role to play in trying to find a solution for this particular problem that they have. And as we as Ellis said, you know, we need to go back, look at the facts and see where things went wrong. And the land is finite, so they need to try and find a solution then based on the available land, find a solution that works for both parties, and then from there on, find a way forward. That's the only way, because a ceasefire can help for the next couple of years or months, but it's not a long-lasting permanent solution. So we don't want to see ourselves in the same position again, you know, a few years down the line. So I hope for all of us, all of humanity, really, because this is a crime against humanity in itself, we find a a long-lasting solution to this particular problem. Mm, no, 100%, 100%. Um, yeah, let's, let's bring this home, you know. The focus of this podcast is um, kind of to look at the current politics instead of politics. It's long, it's been a long while since we've actually focused on uh, the South African uh, political sphere. And, yeah. Um, I think it, I think we just need to just keep our listeners up to date, or and those, and we'll try to make it uh, relatable to those abroad that are listening. So, um, in the backdrop recently, um, the ANC has been there's been a lot of debates and political infighting with the ANC at the moment. Um, the previous just former suspended General Secretary Ace Magashwilo uh, issued a letter to Saroro Omoposa that he should step down and mm-hmm. then the ANC Women's League came out and refused to defend him um, and I think the ANC Youth League as well did the same and um, Saroro Omoposa came out and said that he as a public apologize, he's refused that, he's gone to court now. Um, and there's a lot of political infighting at the moment, and some have, ex Magushula has a strong faction supporting him, and that's ultimately going to undermine uh, the support for Sir Ramaphosa. Yeah. And ultimately, South Africa is being left in the crosshairs, left, you know, while this political infighting is going on, we have a third wave coming, you know. As of this morning, we have 2,750 new cases recorded in the last 24, 48 hours. Um, and apparently there's a new variant that's been yeah. come out and so forth. Um, so it, it's it's growing, you know. The lady just arrived uh, yesterday um, and she had a negative testing and she arrived and she was positive, you know. So mm. our numbers are rising rapidly and people are saying that, uh, you know, we're looking at another lockdown. We are looking at yeah. another lockdown. Um, and it's it's quite interesting because this is, it's uh, the numbers are rising in, in Northern Cape, right? And mm. sadly, <laughs> for all the judges <laughs> make that nobody lives in Northern Cape. I mean, the Northern Cape only has 2,400 nurses to service the entire province. province. Mm. Um, and, and that's, you know, that's ultimately affected the ability to roll out a vaccine. So, you know, we had a crossroads where political infighting on the top has stopped, you know, at, uh, 
has hampered our ability to deal with this third wave and almost stop it in its tracks because it's not simply if you have a third wave it's not simply just people staying at home there's a knock on yeah. effect right it's economic people can't go to work people can't you know have a drink people the entertainment industry's messed up everything it's just a knock on effect you know um and that's ultimately a massive problem because you know how do you, how do you deal with this wave when you're not getting the support you need from the top levels you know yeah yeah man as i've said you know a lot has happened in the past couple of weeks that we've been away you know as you said the world doesn't stop moving because we do and just to start from the back you know in terms of the third wave the truth is that you can't really stop this whole covid thing you know it's airborne and there's a new variance there will be new variants as it you know it spreads across the world you know different conditions different genetics across the world and it will mutate that's a given but now i think this will be the ultimate test for for all these vaccines to see if they can actually cope against this new variant because at one point i think we can all remember there were concerns about the variant first found in sa but then it was proven that you know the vaccines can actually then you know work against the particular variant but now there's indian variants as well which has caused you know death on an unseen scale so far as in terms of covid-19 but now here's the trouble based on what i've read and what i've seen in the news as well they state that in terms of the new variants it does you know cause a bit of a fungus on the human body and that mm. fungus in itself can also lead to death so now it's a bit of you know a, a double edged sword because you have to now worry about covid itself and also worry about that particular fungus how do you treat this this fungus that is caused by what are loosely called the indian variants of covid-19 i know that i'm wrong in saying that but i'm not quite sure about the technical term of mm. the variants so i do apologize about that right now but nonetheless so we're going to have now a situation whereby you can have to fear covid and also fear the fungus because in terms of fungal transmission how would that work you know is it, is it how does the transmission work so it presents in a bit of of a new dilemma and again you know the rollout has been slow that which means that you know summer has come and gone spring has come and gone and winter is around the corner it's getting quite cold so mm. that means that the numbers are expected to go up yeah and if the numbers go up then what does it mean for south africans in general you know from sab to guys like you and i to believe it or not to saa because apparently they're planning to start flying again in july or august because they have left the business rescue process now they've got a board they've got you know a couple of staff members so there's a business to save now again so there's mm. SA Mango and SA Technical that needs to be saved as well so the all these concerns really about how do sort of flang again in such an environment whereby you know people are closing up again because of this new variant sure enough you know the US and the EU have somehow oh yes to some degree have you know made good progress in terms of the vaccine rollout so they can to some degree rest easy but then it's not so cut and dry for the rest of the world because these people in the travel they travel to asia africa and south america so if those populations are not vaccinated then it means a bit of a cold and cold lockdown for them as well because 
you know, they have a red list for that country and that country as well. So you can't really go to different places. And yeah, it presents then a bit of a dilemma for all of humanity and the world economy. But then to go back now to the main point that you were making, right, mm -hmm. which was on the whole ANC infighting situation with ACE and the president himself, because now, as you said, you know, he got suspended, the whole step aside rule, which some people are saying should also apply to, to Zuma and the former mayor of Etiwini, Zandile Gumet, I believe. And those two had to step aside, Zandile Gumet and Ushiko Zuma did to step aside, but Ace has. But he hasn't just stepped aside and just kept quiet and been a good boy. You know, he has <laughs> suspended the president in his own way. I'm not sure how that works. But anyway, he tried and it didn't work. And now the problem here is that he has taken this whole matter, the matter to court, and he has said that his suspension is unconstitutional. He argues that this is from News 24. He argues that Rule 25.70 in the party's constitution is unconstitutional. But the thing now for me then becomes, he's been a party member for, for a number of years now. The guy's probably, I'd say, 50-odd, probably, you know, shooting from the hip. He's probably 50-odd, somewhere in that region. But he only discovers now that the rule is unconstitutional. So what took him so long to actually see that, you know, this rule doesn't really work it's only now then because, you know, he's the shoes on the other foot that he says the rule doesn't work. And in light of all this infighting, right, it then presents a problem for, again, us, you know, guys like you and I, because it, you know, they're only human, you know, they only have so much focus. I think we can, only, we can all agree on that, that, you know, humans are limited animals. We all have, you know, limited capabilities, et cetera, et cetera. So... If the president and his factions, which also includes ministers as well and other people in governments as well, if they have to worry about trying to, you know, save the president from being removed or suspended, then where do they get the time to worry about vaccines, about jobs, service delivery, and all these other nice things that we'd love to have as, as human beings? So then, you know, we are a country in decline quick decline, a sharp decline, that is. So if you have your, your leaders, you know, worried about saving their political careers, are not worried about the things that make, you know, the world the world turn, it then presents a problem. You know, we did see that they'll be stopping the 350 grants from Sasa, and they are yet to present a solution regarding that, because now, People are not back at their jobs. They're so unemployed and stuff like that. So there's quite a lot happening. But let's let's see how this whole thing pans out and hope for the best and quickest resolution, long-lasting resolution that is to then try and find a way forward. But yeah, that's that's where I stand regarding this yeah. whole ANC infighting thing. Yeah, um, I just wanted to kind of jump in. You know, you said that American Europe has almost dealt with the situation and you'd be surprised that it's not actually you know South Africa isn't the only one stumbling through the vaccine program you know uh, the European Union is kind of at odds with its mandates you know um, they haven't 
gotten a unified vaccine rollout approach and everybody's almost stockpiling um, medical resources, you know, and there's a hoarding of sorts. I know in France at the moment, you know, uh, the government legislated that only those above 55 can have access to the vaccine. And, you know, the vaccine has an expiration date and that expiration date is moving fast. So doctors are now throwing away the vaccine because mm. the youth population aren't allowed access to it and they're not allowed to give it to them. And mm. so now they're sitting at odds and now the government has slowly said, okay, we're going to start letting the younger people get the vaccine now. But there's a lot of political infighting now about whether or not to give these young people the vaccine. Technically young people, everybody under the age of 55. Um, yeah. So you have that going. And then you look at the Czech Republic, for example, right? There are mm. lots of foreigners and so forth uh, within the Czech Republic. And despite them having local insurance and so forth, the government is prohibiting them from getting the vaccine. And it's the exact same, you know, age. Um, if you're vulnerable, you're allowed the vaccine, but nobody else. So, you know, you, you struggle to almost say that. Um, I feel like there the is a lot of politics is stopping the spread of the vaccine. And I know, I want you to indulge me for a second, you know. I want you to put sure, on this man. conspiracy hat. Because, you know, you tinfoil. see in America, put on your tinfoil hat, but you see in America, they're having to pay people to take the vaccine. Um, mm. I saw... I think it was in certain states, I'll give you a beer if you take the vaccine. And, you know, I just thought, if you put your conspiracy hat on, or mm. is there a faction or evil villain out there that says, that's urging these people, look here, don't take the vaccine, don't take the vaccine, as a means to keep the COVID-19 going. Because some people are benefiting from this COVID-19 vaccine. I know that's hard to believe, but I mean, you look at, for example, just uh, these Mr. Delivery guys. There's yeah. thousands of them. Man. They outnumber mm. cars at the moment. And that's yeah. a booming business, you know. Just think of it in that terms, you know. For some people, it benefits to have COVID-19 keep on going, you know. Um, mm. And if you'll allow me, there's another conspiracy theory. I was speaking to a fellow classmate. And she was saying that, you know, for example, you look at India, right? They experiencing a whole new COVID-19 variant and so forth. And, you know, they were at the forefront of this whole vaccine uh, development and so forth. And it's almost like the tables are turned almost instantly, you know. And mm. there are two potential conspiracy theories relating to that. You know that China and India have a rather an easy relationship and you know they had a dis border dispute where they were throwing rocks at one another and engaging yeah. in hands and combat and so forth and india won that that border skirmish and reclaimed that the border strengthened their border presence and the chinese didn't even mention the name of the soldiers they were they just like kind of like swept it under the rug so the conspiracy mm. theory is that China has unleashed this new variant um, on the Indian population as retaliation. Mm. 
So that that's one potential conspiracy theory. And the second would be, in the Indian culture, it, there's a lot of, there's a strong belief in reincarnation, right? So if yeah. you do good in the previous life, then you'll be rewarded in the next life and so forth and so forth. But if, yeah. you, if, you, if you messed up in the previous life, right, then you will suffer in this life. And that, that belief kind of enshrines the whole caste system. Right? The caste system is almost like, uh, in, it's like a class system, right? So you yeah. have your higher, middle class, higher class, and so forth and so forth. So there is very little reform happening because they believe you sinned in your previous life. So if you are poor, homeless, and so forth, it obviously means you messed up and you are being punished for that now, you know? Yeah. And like I said, India has a huge population. And the, the elites aren't ultimately doing anything about this and some might say that this is a means of population control that may sound very harsh and it is but it's almost like they have a problem and they're not perpetuating it but they're not doing anything to restore it you know and yeah. i like to just reaffirm that these are just wild thoughts that i've made they don't um they don't represent any organization, but what I'm saying is that you kind of just have to kind of think out the box like that, you know? Yeah. The world is villainous, you know? Mm. Uh, my girlfriend the other day was like, you know, you think of the world so so pessimistically, you know, you think of the worst. And I'm like, the world is bad. We, us in our Bible yeah. don't realize how bad the world is. You know, they are evil motherfuckers. And if you, <laughs> <laughs> and if you get caught slipping, they'll kill you. So, exactly. you know, the, the, that's the thing, you know. Um, and just to go back, you know, to South Africa's situation about the vaccine rollout, Dr. Zwili Makizi, our health minister, he said that vaccines are going to be slow. I mean, other than more than 3,000 promised vaccination sites, only 130 public, public sector vaccination sites would be active by the end of the first week. Um, and this comes after lots of questioning about the the safety of the vaccine, you know. Um, yeah. There was an audit, a safety audit at the uh, Port Elizabeth facility of Aspen Pharmacy where the Johnson & Johnson vaccine was being compounded. A million, there are millions of doses of the Johnson & Johnson vaccine waiting finalization of the audit before being released. Um, Aspen didn't um, they didn't respond to these questions, but so far uh, the South African Health Product Regulatory Authority, SAPRA, said they've completed their part of the safety audit and said it's an an acceptable level of compliance. I mean, I I don't like the sound of that. I mean, acceptable level. <laughs> what does it's that like mean? the bare minimum, mate. Exactly. Acceptable. I want an outstanding view because if we're all being injected with this, exactly. I'm going to quote what she says. Just yeah. so, right? Sakura has inspected the apps that has inspected the Aspen facility. Sakura is satisfied that it is operating at an acceptable level of compliance with the principles and guidelines of good manufacturing practice as prescribed. This is out of the Daily Maverick. That's bad. But given that they state that it's within the prescription, then I 
I think it's 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 a fair judgment then in that case. I just think they have very modest language. I think that's the problem. Mm. And you see the problem the problem with this is right the they rushing to get this Johnson and Johnson vaccine out because they believe it's gonna be the workhorse of the vaccine rollout. You know the Pfizer Pfizer has a refrigeration requirements needed. Um, yeah, yeah. And the vaccines once mixed expire within six to seven hours, and people must return for another dose later. I mean, if you look at the landscape of South Africa, you know, especially if you go into the, like the rural areas, you don't have that level of refrigeration. Uh, people yeah. have to travel far, and yeah, so it's almost like the Pfizer won't work in the 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 environment of South Africa. You know, you have vast levels of urbanization to almost no levels of urbanization so I don't know I feel like I'm not happy with just acceptable levels you know and I think that is where we're going to see our ass in terms of side effects and some you know I think we're rushing but look in terms of you know this whole vaccine situation, right? It's it's a bit of a it's a bit of a problem because if you don't do anything in weight, then you know you put people at risk, you know, especially your your elderly, mm. people with underlying comorbidities and stuff like that. And if you do something and cases of blood clots as seen in the EU come up, then it's a problem as well. So again, there's really no winning, you know. We can just get those who want to take the vaccine to take it so long. You know, there's a good number. There's a study that came out within the week that states that a good number of the population, I think it's well about 50%, wants to take the vaccine. And in part, it's because most people want to get back to work, they want to get back to living, not having to wear a mask, etc., etc. So there's also that urge to get back to living life generally across the board. So there's really no winning. I think the government's so far it's done well you know they've taken the necessary precautions and when the issues of blood clots came up in in the us and the eu and the related deaths as well they did you know take a minute to pause the vaccine they did take a minute mm. to analyze the data and what they have available to try present and carry this out in the safest possible manner an acceptable manner some would say but so far so good just that the, the rollout has been a bit slow, you know, it's terribly slow to be honest with you. And at this rate, I'm not quite sure how long it will take to vaccinate the number of people required to reach herd immunity. So let's hope things do pick up pace soon enough. But now the problem here then becomes, and it kind of goes back to the theory you had, about, you know, the whole India-China situation and our tinfoil hats and whatever the case was. The problem that we are facing as a country is that for most countries, they are relying on India's production of the vaccine because they're producing quite, you know, a a large number or, or, or portion of the vaccine. And now with them having this particular wave, they have had to like pause, you know, most, most things because of trying to stop the spread. But... If you, look, if you look at things in India, you know, if you look at things in India as to what's causing the spread of COVID-19, at one point, you know, India declared that they'd beaten COVID-19, you know, mm. and then they were quite 
a large number of gatherings that took place from political to religious. And then, you know, people on the Ganges side by side, you know, South Africans would say bumper to bumper. And they were having fun, you know, no sanitization, washing of hands, social distancing, wearing a mask. And about two weeks after that period, whereby there was quite a number of gatherings that took place, we did then see a surge in number of COVID-19 cases. So I think for me, in light of me wearing my tinfoil hat, but I think if you look at that, you know, that history that precedes the rise in numbers, I think that will probably be the cause. And then, as I said, you know, there's a billion people in India, in India, they live different lives, you know, different genetics. And you did speak about the caste system as well. So there's quite a number of, of elements that could have led to a, you know, a genetic mutation of the virus, same as in South Africa, because now if you look at why why would China have to release a or launch a new variant on us? What 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 are we fighting them for? Or you know, that thing. So it's it's really not cut and dry in terms of China launching a new variant as and how they please, because now that would mean that China could literally hold the world hostage and say, look, if you don't play ball, then we're gonna give you this whole new variant and then you know it wouldn't really work to be quite honest with you. So for me, I will I'll take off my tinfoil hat right now, put it aside for a bit, you know, just soak it in the sun and and wait for the the next conspiracy theory. But look, to come back to our COVID-19 rollout as a country, you know, we've had, as I, I said, some teething issues as well. We've had our problems. We've had a number of questions being raised about the availability of infrastructure, the availability of human capital, and all of the things that are related and needed in this particular process of the rollout. And part of the problem that we are facing is that we have a registration system whereby elderly people need to register to take the vaccine, right? And now this raises a problem, as you've said, when you go to the rural areas, then there's, you know, the facilities are not there, the infrastructure is absent. So now how then do we expect people who stay in, you know, remote areas, if you call it that, people who live in remote areas to be able to then access, you know, these facilities and infrastructure to be able to then register to get the vaccine? And should they be able to register anyway? So let's say maybe there's community X, you know, let's say about 45 people managed to register for through some miracle, you know, the kids help them or the grandkids help them to register and they register. And now then the government has to drive out up X number of kilometers into some remote area to vaccinate 45, 50 people. Then about two, three weeks later, another 50 register again, and then they have to drive out again. So then the costs as well are going to start to, to pile up and then start to be a bit of a problem for the government. So it's 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 not cut and dry. It's quite difficult because they also can't drive, you know, people by the bus load from community X, that remote area, to a city or township where they can actually get access to, to infrastructure as well. So it then presents, you know, quite a number of problems that we logistically have to kind of face and look at as a country. And then if it means you have to make use of acceptable levels of compliance as per prescription, then we'll have to then 
make use of that and then hopefully hopefully soon be able to go back to living again but it's 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 quite difficult and you know at some points you want to comment the government and say look you guys have done a great job so far so good but then they also like shortcomings as well because they're only human so i not that i'm defending or being a protector of the government, but I think in in light of the prevailing circumstances, you know, they've so far done a great job. Could it have been better? Definitely. You know, if they weren't really spending much time fighting within, but sadly they are spending much of their time fighting within. So then it means that, you know, they can only expand the energy in so many ways. So some of that energy has to go then towards fighting within the NC. So, yeah, it's an interesting period in, in our country. And let, let's see what happens. What else do you want to say about this? No, I feel like we, we talked the subject death. You know, it, it's quite interesting. Um, we just have to see whether or not we have the right people in power. You know, it stems back, we, I think we mentioned this on the very first episode that we recorded that how do you fire the top experts and the top health experts from the board because they don't say what you want to hear, you know? If yeah. we had still had that board, would we still be in this predicament? And therein lies the crossroads of all of this, you know? We we want to be on top of the vaccine and so forth, but we don't want to listen to the experts. So we can chat the subject to death. And still it comes in a conclusion, you know. Um, I kind of want to take it um, back to something that we spoke about. Remember there was this wave where WhatsApp was enforcing this whole new policy and everybody just started deleting their WhatsApp accounts. Yeah. Remember, we were part of this. We were victims of this, you know. Including this, yeah. Yeah, and it's back now. Um, yes. It's back. And... South Africa has actually threatened litigation over the new WhatsApp privacy policy. Um, South Africa's newly established information regulator is consulting lawyers about Facebook own WhatsApp's new privacy policy and warned it's considering litigation. Uh, users of the popular instant messaging app have until 15th May to accept uh, WhatsApp's new privacy policy or face the possibility of, of having their experience degraded until the app becomes unusable or they accept the new terms. Um, mm. And it's quite interesting. Basically, the information regulator has demanded that Facebook offer South Africa uses the same terms and conditions um, being offered to users in the European Union. Yeah. Um, because apparently they have a less restrictive thing. So, you know, it almost goes to pose the question, why aren't we being offered the same deal as the European Union, you know? Is our privacy not as important as that of people in the European Union? I mean, if you just argue on that, argue on that basis alone, you can make WhatsApp look as like the most discriminatory messaging app in the world. Because you know, why do you have one standard for another and one standard for another? So I mean, that's obviously up to the lawyers. But I mean, ultimately, that's discrimination in a sense. Um, but I think that's quite fascinating that we're still talking about this. And you think that WhatsApp, having learned how everybody jumped to Signal and Telegram, 
it makes them feel like that they aren't as um, uh, independent and as uh, they don't have a lockdown in the market as they, they as they thought they had, you know. Mm. Um, I mean, I think people that hold a monopoly over markets would be YouTube. I don't see any other website big enough to challenge YouTube. So YouTube yeah. has that market, right? But I mean, WhatsApp, I think even they already broke the confidence of so many people the last time. And now to enforce this again, it's like, you know, fool me once, shame on me, but fool me twice, you know? It's, yeah. you know, so you kind of just, I don't know. It, it's very interesting, you know? I mean, every other day there's a new app or tool, you know? First there was Skype. Skype messed up, so then Zoom came about. Zoom mm. came about, then it was Microsoft Teams. Now it's Blue Jeans and so forth and so forth. And it just shows that these companies, they're the one crisis away from being bankrupt. And that's how the show goes. You know, you're, exactly. only, you're only as good as your last performance. And if you start challenging people too much and making their lives inconvenient or worried about their security, then it's a problem. And, you know, that's why I'm so happy you sent the app. And I think we'll put it on our on our social media, mine. So mm. do you just want to speak about mine and the benefits of mine, you know? Because in this age where our data is being sold left, right and center, you know, I mean yeah. we all we all starting to get suspect, you know, when you talk about, for example, uh, necklaces and then your feed's full of necklaces. You search mm. flights, then your feed is searched for the flights. So yeah. people are looking at our data left, right, and center. So in this day and age, you know, I know this is your bread and butter, cyber security, then people need to start waking up. And I think this is an overstep by WhatsApp and it will ultimately be to their detriment. Uh, yeah. yeah, man, I remember I was watching this documentary on, on Netflix. I forgot what it's called, but it's about, I think it's called The Great Hack or something about how the... Yeah, US exactly. elections were infiltrated by this company called uh, this UK company, man, that also was in charge of whole Brexit, whatnot, exit campaign. I forgot the name of the company, but anyway, they said only two industries call their customers' users. They said it's it's social media and the narcotics industry as well. So that in itself, you know, tells you quite a lot about how they think about the customers. And then, you know, Confucius does tell us that if you're not buying any products or paying for any products or services, then you are the product or the service yourself. So as I've, as, as you've clearly pointed out, you know, it's very surprising that we're still talking about this very thing. And, you know, they've left a lot of people wondering and second guessing they stay on the on the platform. And look, we, I'll be, I'll be honest, right? At, at first, I was quite keen to leave. And I'll be honest and say that, you know, the competitors, your telegrams, your signals, they are not quite as good. And understandably so, because, you know, they don't have the kind of money and the kind of infrastructure that Facebook has. And, you know, Facebook is a bit of a, of a community space because there's Facebook, there's Instagram, there's, there's WhatsApp, Facebook Messenger. And all these platforms put in quite a lot of money using, you know, ads, and for Telegram and Signal, that's not the case. So they don't really have, you know, that kind of privilege. 
and standpoints in terms of how they can actually then develop the systems. But, you know, I've heard this quite a number of times where people say, did you not say that you are leaving WhatsApp and you're going to Telegram? Did you not say that you're leaving WhatsApp and you're going to Signal for reason X and reason Y? So why are you still here? And I'll make it clear now, you know, as I've said, the competitors are not as good. But above that, WhatsApp did put the brakes on their new privacy policy. But I do see that it's going to be kicking in quite soon. You know, I just tried to open WhatsApp about like an hour ago before we started here. And when I did do so, you know, I, I did get that pop-up again in terms of saying that, look, you need to accept this new policy because it's the new policy, like it or leave it. So it's it's one of those things, man, you know. And I think, as you, as you rightfully pointed out, you know, today, WhatsApp might have about, say, plus minus 5 billion users, you know, but the decline in terms of social media use is quite quick. It's quite rapid. You can ask our friends at, at MySpace, okay? You can also ask our friends at Mixit as well, because at one point, they were quite big, but it's either an, an inability to keep up or finding some way to compromise your trust between yourself and the user, I and then there goes your business. If I could just jump in about that, you know, Mixit was the forefront of social media in South Africa. And they won development awards and innovation awards. And that failure to innovate is ultimately what killed them, you know. Um, they failed to, you know, I'm pretty sure everybody our age had Nixon. Yeah. And it, it was perfect, you know. I remember Joe Banker and so forth. It's by Mula and so forth. And, you know, the problem with them was they they had connectivity issues that they didn't deal with and so forth but it was cheap and that was mm. the beauty of it and i think they rested on their laurels for too long because yeah i think the moment bbm came in yeah. they were done i was just yeah and i think the same can be said to whatsapp you know the the, the innovation that they have is very little and i think maybe mm. there's a beauty of it like simplicity but yeah. when you start adding restrictions to it then it just it just becomes something new you know it's a whole new program yeah yeah man look that's that's the thing right before i was reading an article in mixed yesterday when i was out with the baby i was reading an article yesterday on mix about mixed and it did state that you know pbm was one of the causes of them falling as you can hear the babies in the background as i've rightfully said they did say that you know, PBM was one of the, the reasons for their fall and WhatsApp as well. But most importantly, they did state that in terms of taking responsibility, the main reason why they fell was because they failed to develop an app that's compatible with iOS and compatible with Android as well. So they were quite late in that particular space. And as I've said, you know, you need either to fail to develop and you fall or then you break your trust between yourself and the customer, and then you fall again. You know, history has quite a number of examples that will prove this particular point. So, as I've said, you know, they might be ahead today, they might be ahead tomorrow, or the next couple of years, but we are seeing more and more people want to take control of their data and how they use all these services that are supposedly free. So, 
as as you did point out, we'll, did, we'll share the link to the app, say mine, so people can try to take a look and see which companies have a hold of their data and also then request a data erasure as well. Yeah, I mean, you shared me the link with mine and I saw that 161 companies had my data and I, for a large majority, I requested um, my data back. Let me just preface this. If you download mine and you ask for your data back, they delete your account. So let's just get that out of the way. Do it yeah. at your own peril. So obviously, don't delete your data from your banking app because then you're going to lose <laughs> your bank. Um, so let's just put that out. I don't want to get email or anything about that. Mm. Just if there's a funny name, ask for your data back. But if it's yeah. a name that you know, and trust. Yes. Um, we are not responsible for any of the shit that we say um, or encourage you to do. But mine is safe. Yeah, yeah man. I, when I also had a look, I did see there was quite a number of companies I wasn't even aware of that were having access to, you know, data. I was like, what the hell? What's happening here? So, yeah, I did request an erasure with most of them. And then most of them did reply. For some of them, actually have to go through like their own process of requesting an erasure. I went through that process as well. And then, yeah, I didn't manage to get it removed. No, that's, you know, it's, it falls on you now to um, maintain your data. You know, I feel like, for example, people are already being denied jobs because of the social media um, and so forth and so forth. So it's up to you to control what you put out there. And obviously yeah. a large majority of the sites, they take your data without you saying yes or applying consent. But I yeah. feel like it's not so far out of the realm of possibility to assume that it's, you're almost complicit in a sense by not taking back your data when you had the chance, you know. I feel like once they have your hook in you, then you could be complicit to all this other stuff eventually. And that's not far out of the realm of possibility, you know. Um, yeah. So I think we also need to be very careful about what we put out there. And, you know, I regularly search my name to see what pops up in my browser so that I can do something. You know, Siobhan Van Roy, one of our previous guests, he was like, yeah, he checks his uh, Google, Google searches his name every week just to see in case there is um, <laughs> some should put out about you so that you can yeah. respond to it in a timely manner. And I think particularly in our cases where we're in the academic field, you know, we have opinions. And, you know, it's ultimately your opinions can get you killed or cancelled. And that's a sad reality, you know. I, I think I just want to, maybe we can dedicate like five minutes to this. But it's, mm. when we started this podcast, there wasn't a worry about, oh, we're going to get cancelled or whatnot. But like now yeah. that you have responsibility, you have something to lose. It's like, yeah, you know, it shouldn't be that because... Apparently we're all meant to have freedom of speech, but I mean, I, it happened to that guy from <laughs> Remax. Apparently he didn't have freedom of speech. 
because I mean you can just say free Harambe or something and they'll kill you with that, you know? Free cool drink and they'll fucking <laughs> they'll cancel you with that. So you know that that's the problem and I, I it's a sad life that we have to live, you know. I believe that everybody needs to live their best life, but to what point, you know? To what extent? Exactly, because now it's one of two things, right? Either A, you get cancelled, or B, you, you limit your speech. So in some way, shape, or form, then, you know, there's there's this limit on how you live life. It's either you limit your speech, or then you can limit the number of opportunities and possibilities you're able to enjoy because, as you've said, the guy from Remax did get cancelled. So it's either he limited his speech or he, he now gets to limit then his opportunities and possibilities going forward. So, yeah, it's it's really sad. It's really tragic. And it's, it's a catalyst, you know, for a more kind of censored world, world of limited speech, which is not good for anyone, including those who actually perpetuate this whole cancel culture thing. Where do you draw the line, you know? It's like a lived experience means nothing anymore. So somebody on Twitter can have more of a say on something that I've lived through or experienced. So if, for example, just imagine somebody comes and tells us, you know, say now we say the student movement, the DWC was stupid, right? Yeah. And they were, uh, they were ineffective. Just imagine somebody tries to cancel us and say, no, the student movement was great, there was no flaws. Mm. I mean, what, what do they know about it? We were there. Yeah. We were, we saw the idiots that had no plan demanding money from a university that has no money. <laughs> it's, man, it's it's one of those things, as I've said, like, because now if, if you make, you know, such, such comments out, you get cancelled. Oh, you can just not make those comments and then keep on allowing the, those, you know, the, those who choose to perpetuate cancel culture to then have their way because now whatever you do, they win because you can either limit your speech, which is what they want, or they can just simply, you know, cancel you, which is what they want as well. So really there's no winning for you. So, man, it's, I, I think, you know, there's this guy, I'm not sure if you follow him on YouTube, it's called, he calls himself, i working with JP and he has this t-shirt that says legalize freedom. And yeah, I think freedom has somewhat become illegal in a sense. Mm. And we just need to try and claw our freedom back and find a way back to being free humans again. But the thing is, right, the more leftists we go, the more we see the freedoms that the very left fought for being diminished. Isn't that a, that's quite a sad irony over there, you know? Um, all of a sudden, freedom of speech is now hate speech. And I'm, you know, I may give off weird vibes by saying that, but mm. I, I strongly believe everybody needs to live their best life. But some of the shit doesn't make sense, man. And <laughs> I mean, you see, no, I'm, I'm not gonna say that. But it's it's just you know, there needs to be some common sense. You know, common sense is no longer common sense, and. I think that's the change that we need to bring about and bring in, you know? Mm, yeah. <laughs> Man, 
Look, I, I don't want to go too much into this whole freedom of speech thing because <laughs> it's a slippery slope. You might be saying one thing now <laughs> and in two minutes later you say something that warrants you being cancelled. So I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll quickly, you know, remove myself from this one because I've got a lot to lose. I'll say that I've got a lot to lose and yeah, I would rather not. Yeah, no, no, no. That's fair, you know. Um, I think let's just slowly start tying the the ropes up here. Yeah, um, let's getting the bar on this whole thing. Yeah, uh, it's just fascinating. And I think, you know, you look at the whole the handling and inter-party violence, and this is desperate times. You, know, you you see the situation most big still going on. You see COVID-19 rising. I mean, our crime rates are skyrocketing, and we have a new third wave coming, and we're talking yeah. about suspension of party and stealing monies and so forth. I mean, nobody's focusing on the now. I mean, mm. you, sh- you showed me a perfect video the other day about uh, if you guys go on YouTube, type in carte blanche, the now. And it shows the slow slow demise of the now. And yeah. everybody's like, oh, this is just another SOE and so forth and so forth. But no, yeah. that's our main arms manufacturing we've been preaching this since 2018 2017 or not yeah they need help because if the now falls our air force is almost non-existent because the now produces all of our air helicopters and uh, some parts of our um, our missile systems um, mm. our uh, airplanes so if they go then we are in a world of misery I mean, we are losing intellectual property by the day. We're losing yeah. talent, talented engineers of color and not of color. It's just like it's it's a it's a graveyard, and they need a cash injection and they need proper management. But unfortunately, as most is government SOEs, there's a failure at the, at the top for people to actually steer it in the right direction you know yeah and first of all man like recording the whole tunnel thing as you've said you know they're they're the main producer of our arms and our helis you know and not just the producers but also to the maintenance as well so if we lose them then we lose what we have across the board from new 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 weapons and, and new machines to the maintenance of existing weapons and machines as well but above that, you know, we have shared the link to to that particular card branch, you know, segment. It's on Instagram and our Twitter page as well. But most importantly, it's that we we allowed this to happen, right? We have spent billions and billions of rand on SAA. And look, it's more or less a vanity project, to be honest with you. If you look at the circumstances under which they are trying to restart, and look, they are fighting a losing battle. You know, most international players have already encroached the airspace, taken most of the traffic. And given how they went out with, you know, cancel flights, you know, and all those things, they it's going to take quite a while for them to bounce back, if I could say so. And there's quite a number of problems that they face, especially in terms of the climate in which, you know, aviation finds itself in. 
But in terms of arms, you know, Danelizin was once, I'd say, in a healthy position, you know, a leading manufacturer and developer of arms. You know, they had some of the best intellectual property on the planet, you know. And I'd probably argue say that they were the best on the continents as well. But now they've fallen, you know, they're in shambles and pieces and in train. And I think we at, at this point we actually have to applaud the work of the special investigating units whereby they've done a tremendous exceptional job of linking up all those pieces, you know, from stolen intellectual property that's now in Saudi Arabia being renamed and sold. We are making a loss at that. You know, all those problems that occurred in the background that led to the demise of Danel. And I think what's important in finding all these points, you know, these points of demise is that once you know where things went wrong, you then you now then have the ability to make things right, you know, turn things around, turn over a new leaf and try to get Danel going again because as much as it has been COVID-19 and whatnot, most countries have continued to buy arms con consistently. You know, they've con a few number of countries have made changes to their uh, military budgets. So it's it's an interesting topic. I will share the link, as we've said, on, on Twitter and, and Instagram as well, just so people can get a, a bit of a perspective as to what happened there at Donnell. But yeah, man, it's... it's <laughs> Yeah, we've, we've covered quite a lot, you know, from Palestine and Israel to ACE and Ramaphosa to COVID-19 in South Africa and India as well. We've covered vaccines, we've covered now. We've covered quite a lot, and I think it's understandable given that you've been gone for, for quite some time. So we did have some, some ground to make up, you know, but we are back, and yeah, we should get going and come hello high water, you know, try to find a way to to push out and push through these episodes as much as possible. No, that's perfect, man. I just thought, um, I heard this story the other day. I thought I'd just leave you with this. So the manager of a garden center heard one of his staff chatting to a customer, saying, no, we haven't had any for a while, and I, no, and I have no idea when we'll be getting more. The customer thanked him and left, and the manager stormed over angry. Don't and he said to the employee, don't ever tell a customer you don't know when we'll be getting something. Take their name and promise to call them when we get some. The employee, the manager asked the employee, so what did she ask for? Rain, said the salesman. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, um, Look, we, yeah. <laughs> we couldn't end on a, on a note more lighter, you know? <laughs> yeah, it sums up, uh, you know, people are angry about shit that they, there's no need to be angry about, you know, and I think that that sets up, sets us up, you know, you say let's push out these episodes and we're going to, um, even if they're in a shorter format, format of segments, we will slowly yeah. start uh, pushing out more, and just keeping yeah. up to date, you know, this is meant to just make you aware of the factory that is going on, you know. Um, make of the knowledge what, with what you will but be here to kind of just bring a layman's terms to the politics because a lot of this stuff is very complex um, yeah with a number of moving parts yeah um, so yeah man that's all from me Quinzo anything from your side no man that's that's me for the for the week it's been fun I've missed it honestly have 
But we've done. We've done it now. And let's just keep pushing. 100%, man. And like I said, everybody will drop the links on our social media. Um, we'll drop the links on our social media. And yeah, engage with us. Drop us a line on social media as well or email at address uh, questioningcommission at gmail.com. Yeah, yeah and Instagram and Twitter as well. We are there, available. You can engage us there as well. All right, dude. Okay, Cheers, then. Great stuff. Thank you. Cheers. Cheers, man.